Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. Now your hosts. Hello and welcome everyone to the Hyperion Hub. I'm John Alois and on the line with us we have Sean Degenhart. Hello, John. And John Redlingshafer. Hello there. We have a special show today as we'll have our first guest with us. She's from the Walt Disney Birthplace in Chicago. That's coming up. But first, we have a segment we like to call Our Disney Views. And for that, I'll throw it over to John. Thank you, John. I I thought long and hard about a lot of things, given the fact that this show is being recorded two or three months now into various levels of stay-at-home orders and conversely reopening uh, orders throughout the country. And I felt it was appropriate to give a warm thank you to those um, who work in the Disney reservation world. And here's why. Uh, My family uh, was supposed to take a couple of trips to Disney, uh, including a Disney cruise and a group of about 17 or 18 people to Disney World in June. And, you know, prior to COVID-19, a lot of people would talk about how slow the website was or how long we had to wait, you know, on the phone to make these reservations. And I just have to say this, in new unprecedented times, um, we have all learned how to handle things. And I cannot begin to imagine how an entity, whether it be Disney World, Disney Parks, the Disney company in general, how they would even begin to unwind, uh, in essence, a full stop. And I have to say that while some people may still have these complaints about the website maybe not being as clean or as working as properly as they want, or their long waits on the phone, various concerns about the regulations and, and things that Disney wants to implement for its parks going forward, I wanted to just put a full stop on that from my standpoint. When this first started to manifest on the cruise line industry, we received regular updates from DCL. We were given the opportunity to move our crews without penalty. I know that was an industry standard, but it was a relief that a month before our cruise, we were given that guidance on how we could reschedule. And even today, there's still a 14 or 15 month window that if you need to cancel as your cruise line or as your cruise line trip approaches and they're not going to run it, um, they're willing to work with you. The same for our big group trip. Yes, it took a phone call. It took uh, some efforts, but the Disney Vacation Club, who was going to handle our accommodations because we're DVC members and we had legitimate concerns about all of our points being used up or forfeited because we carried over from 19 into 20. I don't need to bore you with those details. But you know what DVC did? They kept us informed. They took some time, and they took some heat for it. But you know what? Researching Florida timeshare law isn't something I'd want to do, and they had to make sure they did it right. And I will always be appreciative of the time that they had to take to put that together, to be informed on what they had to do. And, you know, no short uh, comings here. Guess what? Our 2019 points that would have otherwise expired, we get to use them, and they didn't expire. So... I have to say this, maybe it's preaching, maybe it's lecturing, I don't intend it to be, but a small amount of kindness and patience for those that are going through this, it's stressful. Yes, it's, it's 
problematic at times when you don't get your dates, you don't get to see you, you know, your family at a trip that you've been planning for. But you know what? Who deserves our respect? It's those that are willing to work with us. And so we've had nothing but a good experience. And so my Disney view for this week is a view of appreciation and thanks to those Disney reservation folks. And quite frankly, all the way up to leadership. I know uh, Josh tomorrow is, is now Disney Parks, not just Disney World. But seeing those photos from Disney Springs, welcoming those coming back, uh, I just know that when it's time to go back, it will be nothing short of magical. Well said, John. And let me just add as... Walt Disney World and Disneyland begin to open its doors to its parks. Keep that in mind as you're working with the Disney cast members. Let's be nice. Let's be kind. Well, I'm excited to introduce our first guest ever at the Hyperion Hub, the Director of Social Media and Digital Partnerships for the Walt Disney Birthplace. We welcome Maria Massad, who's joining us. Welcome, Maria. Hi, John. It's great being here. Thanks for having me on your show. Of course. There's a special event coming up next week. But first, please tell us about the Walt Disney Birthplace. Sure. So the Walt Disney Birthplace is a house located in the northwest side of Chicago. It is the house, you might have guessed, where Walt Disney was born. Um, and it's the house where he lived for the, four, the first four years of his life, along with his brother, Roy Disney, who several of us no, um, helped found the Walt Disney Company with Walt. So it's very important and special in Walt Disney history. Um, and the house was built by Walt's father. It was designed architecturally by his mother, Flora. And um, it's just a really nice emblem of Disney history and of the family that lived there. So the Walt Disney birthplace is really emblematic of early Disney family history and making the making of the man Walt into who he was. Early childhood is so important in the development of people in general. So our plans for the house are to restore it to its original state. Um, we want to make sure that it's really shining through in terms of historical accuracy and making sure that all the artistic details are in place um, and making it into an experience. So it's not just going to be one of those museums where you have red velvet ropes and you're not able to touch anything. We want to make this as immersive as possible, kind of in the same vein as you might say the Disney theme parks. Um, not to say that we're turning it into a Disney theme park, of course. <laughs> um, but that said, we want to make sure that it's as immersive experience as we possibly can make it, really taking the visitor um, back in time to the 1900s and the 1890s when the Disney family would have been living there. So that's our vision for um, the house. We want to turn it into an interactive museum of sorts for people of all ages to enjoy. And we also want to make sure that it's a nonprofit vision for the Center of Early Childhood Creativity and Innovation to take flight there. The Center for Early Childhood Creativity and Innovation um, is a nonprofit that funds the Walt Disney Birthplace. And what it essentially aims to do is to create opportunities for those aged zero till six or so um, to provide them with opportunities to develop their artistic creativities. So there's a lot of emphasis on STEM, on STEM these days, and that's really great, but we want to make sure that what we focus on in the same vein that Walt focused on when he was young is art and encouraging that really young in kids. There's so much evidence and support for having art in a kid's life. And we want to make sure that regardless of background, that children are able to nurture this wonderful part of 
being a human. Art is really important. And so basically we want to marry the early the Center for Early Childhood Creativity and Innovation with the Walt Disney Birthplace. So the reason why we are focused on the early childhood experience in art um, is because Walt and Roy grew up there when they were also children. And we think that it's a really nice way to marry the two ideas together, provide the interactive experience in the museum form while also providing experiences for children to um, nurture that part of themselves. That's awesome. I'm going to open up to Sean and John. Yeah, tell us a little bit about the history of the renovation, you know, when it was first purchased and how that came about. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in 1991, Chicago tried to designate the property as a historical landmark, but the then owner fought the designation and won, which put the home at risk of demolition. So um, when the owners of the house, Brent Young and Dina Benedon, found out about the birthplace. Um, they were really excited and they thought to themselves, wow, what an opportunity to preserve history. So in 2013, they purchased the home and after years of neglect, um, they decided that they wanted to restore it to its original 1901 state where, uh, when Walt was born there. Um, and so the new owners and the team since then have been working with the city to protect the home forever and to preserve it. Um, it's come a long way since 2013. I'm sure that some people who have followed the the project from the beginning <laughs> um, already kind of know about how far it's come, but I'm happy to go into, into the details. So we've worked with um, institutions such as the Art Institute of Chicago and worked with their team to determine all the way back to its original state, what the original paint colors were. So what you're seeing on the outside is original to the house. We worked with them and the Family Museum, Walt Disney Family Museum, through this very few photographs that there are of the house to recreate the original front door of the home. So some may be familiar with the famous photo of Walt as a young boy, which and it has in the background a very detailed front door photo. And so we use that to model the house off of. Um, and so using the expertise of the Art Institute, as well as help from the Walt Disney Family Museum and some other great institutions, um, we're, we've really been able to restore it back to its original state. So when you go into it on the inside now, um, it looks completely different from how it looked like before. Um, so it's, it's nice to see that we're making progress and it's all thanks to our donors and sponsors who make this all possible. It is a nonprofit. Um, we aren't especially related to the Disney company. And so we are very reliant on individual donations and corporate sponsorships. So very grateful to everybody who has helped with this project. Um, it's really made a lot of difference, and we've come a long way in the seven years. That's great. Well, I think that's a natural segue for my question. You know, hearing so many great ideas and plans for um, you know this interactive idea as you move forward. How can someone help? Um, you know, as simple as an address, or what levels of sponsorship and support can a Disney fan, you know, who absolutely appreciates how important early childhood development is um, for their future. Uh, how can we help? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, so if you go to the WaltDisneyBirthplace.org, there is a tab where you can click on Donate Today. Um, and you can contribute there. There are a couple of programs that we have going on, one of which is my favorite and the one that I'll highlight. Um, you can purchase a brick where you can customize your name, um, whatever you want really reading on the brick. 
and that brick will then be laid um, around the home somewhere. Uh, and so it's a really great way to support the project while having that personal touch tied to the house. So whenever someone visits Walt's home, they'll see your name. Um, and it's a nice way to contribute to the project. Um, in terms of sponsorships and things like that, if anyone wants to reach out to me or the other members of the team, I'm happy to connect you with more information about sponsorships. Um, there are a couple of other ways that people can donate to the cause as well. We have an array of t-shirts that are available that are Walt Disney birthplace themes. Um, and all purchases of those fund the birthplace. Um, you can go to the URL, youreshirtingme.com. You are shirtingme.com. Um, great URL. They are our t-shirt sponsor and they have all of the t-shirts there. So you can browse there. And then we also have a line of soda called Ozell Soda, which is very, very interesting uh, story behind the name. Um, but essentially, before I go into the name, I just want to say that if you have a Rocket Fizz soda shop near you, they are available for sale there. So all purchases of those two from the birthplace. Um, Ozell Soda was <laughs> the soda sh was the soda line that Elias Disney, Walt's father, got involved in way back in the day when they lived in Chicago. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out so well for Elias. He had a history of investing in some failed business ventures, unfortunately. Um, but we thought that it'd be nice to resurrect the copyright. And um, we've created a line of sodas that are very much based on um, as much as we've been able to find out from that soda line. There's not a lot of information available, but we've been able to find historical advertisements in the Chicago Tribune. Um, we've been able to find an original Ozell soda bottle. Um, there's lots of things that have kind of helped us recreate the magic of this soda line. Um, and it's a nice fun part of Disney history for sure. And the design, I encourage all of any, anybody listening to this, the design of those, uh, those bottles are so cool. And I, I do believe you guys have t-shirts for those as well. Don't you? Yes, we do. The Epcot fan in me has to ask, does Ozell taste like Beverly or are we Okay. <laughs> it has um, cane sugar in it, so it's uh, it doesn't have anything artificial um, in the same vein as it did back in the day. So um, I've actually never had Beverly before. I haven't been to Walt Disney World in a long time. Last park I went to is Disneyland. Um, but the Disney fan in me is definitely going to be visiting Disney World once it's safe to do so. Of so course. the Ozell Soda Company line no longer existed, and so nobody owned it, so you reclaimed the copyright, or how did that work? Mm -hmm. So the owners, um, Dina and Brent, they they recreated the, the soda line. Um, they own a company that is all about uh, design experiences, and they specifically focus on um, theme park rides and things like that. Um, VR, lots of really cool immersive things. And so they were able to lend their experience from their company into the development of this soda line again. So more to come with Ozell, but um, I highly recommend it. It's really delicious. So if you've ever been to a Rocket Fizz soda shop and you want to venture back, definitely recommend. It's really good. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about uh, the event coming up next week on the 24th at the Walt Disney Birthplace? Tell us about uh, the virtual tour that's happening and how people can uh, sign up for it. Yeah, absolutely. On June 24th at 6 o'clock Central Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, we will be hosting a virtual tour at the Birthplace. And it's really exciting because the home has not really been open to the public 
um, to walk through at any point in time, um, either because initially it was too dangerous, there was work going on, or there's just not enough capacity for people in the home. Um, it's a small house. You have to remember that back in the day, um, people got by with a, a lot less than a lot less space than what we're used to now. Um, so we are very excited to open the doors virtually and show everyone the progress that we've made and show all of the unique historical features and artistic merits of the home. Um, there, there's going to be a lot of really cool stories shared and we're really, really excited um, to be able to showcase that in a virtual way. What's the significance for that date in particular? June 24th is Roy Disney's birthday. And every year in the summer and winter, we celebrate um, their birthdays. So this is a really nice way of paying tribute to Roy Disney, uh, the mastermind behind the business side of things at the company. And how can people sign up for it? You can sign up for it. If you visit our social media pages, there is a registration link. We'll be advertising that pretty consistently over the next week. If you click on that, you will be registered for our event. It is an exclusive event, so we have limited space available within our uh, virtual tour. So you definitely want to make sure that you sign up sooner rather than later to clinch your spot. So where, where can people find you online on social media? We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, if you go on Facebook and type in the Walt Disney Birthplace, you'll be able to find us. On Twitter, our handle is WD Birthplace. On Instagram, our handle is Walt Disney Birthplace. And on LinkedIn, you'll be able to find us by typing in Walt Disney Birthplace. So we're all over the place and we're always happy to hear from our fans and followers. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Perfect. Uh, before I let you go, I just want to ask, Are you were you a big Disney fan before you started working here? I was, yeah. What's your Disney story? I think like a lot of Disney fans, I grew up on the movies. Um, I have a big passion for the characters and just in general the stories that Disney is so, so good at telling. Um, so they hooked me from a young age. <laughs> it was in college that I really got to delve deep into my passion. So um, I worked at PBS uh, on this documentary series, American Experience. They uh, were creating a documentary about Walt Disney. Documentary is called Walt Disney. <laughs> and um, I was really able to dive in deep into exploring Walt Disney and getting to know who he was rather than just consuming the content from the company. And I was totally fascinated by the man. And that kind of got me hooked um, into the birthplace project because during my research for that, for that documentary, um, found out the birthplace and started following along the project from there. Um, and after college, I worked at the Disney store for a while as a cast member in St. Louis. Um, and so that was a really great way for me to not only hone my retail skills and get ready for my professional life <laughs> in business, but um, it was awesome to be able to work um, at the Disney store to get a little taste of that magic from the theme parks. Um, and now I uh, work at the birthplace. I um, have I've loved working at the birthplace. I think that it's one of the most important projects um, in terms of historical historical restoration in the country right now. I think that Walt Disney is an American icon and the birthplace um, is definitely deserving of its historical restoration. And I'm really glad to be part of the project. So, Great. Excellent. Maria, just tell us one more time, where can people sign up for next week's virtual tour? Sure. So if you go to any of our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn, there will be a link 
to sign up. And so you definitely want to make sure that you click that link and register because we do have a limited number of spots. Um, and so we want to make sure that you are on our guest list. Um, so hope to see you, hope to see you guys all there. Thank you so much for joining us. That's Maria Massad, and she is the director of social media and digital partnerships for the Walt Disney birthplace. Thank you so much, Maria. Thank you. Enjoyed talking to you all. That's going to do it for this week. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. Wherever you're listening to us, we ask you please subscribe so you don't miss an episode and tell a friend. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us and be kind. Thanks, guys, for joining us on the line. Sean and John, have a great week. And to our listeners, have a great week, everybody. We're glad you could join us. We'd love to hear from you. You can email or send us a recorded audio message at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. Find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Hyperion Hub is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its subsidiaries. We'll meet you next time at the Hyperion Hub. (laughs) 